right, everyone, welcome back to the Third Millennium Church podcast. I'm really excited about today's episode. Uh, joining us today is uh, Jay Cranda, the online campus pastor at Saddleback Church. How you doing, Jay? I'm doing pretty good. Excited to have some fun conversations about online community. Yeah, thanks for, for being on the show. Uh, we connected a couple months ago just uh, through through online, through the internet, through email, and uh, just talking about life and ministry and, um, you know, where, where, where church is going and what ministry looks like. And uh, now you're going to be on the show and we're going to talk about online community. Yeah. Uh, I'd love for you to share a little bit how you got into into that. And now you're kind of like, hey, online campus question. I'm going to ask Jay, uh, you know, uh, how did you lead up to that point? Yeah. Um, yeah well, you know, funny Funny thing, we, we were kind of talking before we were recording about some stuff going on in, in, in your world. And the, one of my first roles was at a church full time mm-hmm. was I was on the communications team at my at Saddleback Church. And uh, I was kind of came out of a background of uh, youth ministry. And I actually, you know, my undergrad was I went to Biola University and, and did the Christian education background thought I was going to be a youth pastor and started serving on a communications team as kind of over a bunch of ministries. And like anything at a larger church here, I was over the amount of people in all my ministries was larger than the church I came from. So I was just kind of learning like, wow, this is, you know, just to kind of see what God was doing at our church. And one of those things was this thing called the internet campus. And uh, nobody at the time was really working with it. And I got campus. Some, I lo- what year was that? I love that. I know that was about 2009. Yeah, and so yeah. um, they had started it and there wasn't a lot of uh, nobody was working on it at the time. And I started asking questions and my leadership kind of connected me to different people. And yeah. And so I started volunteering, really, you know, I was staff, but it really wasn't part of my role. And then over the course of the next a couple of years, they started allowing me to say, hey, use five hours, 10 hours. And then about mm-hmm. About six and a half, seven years ago, I, I was hired full time as the online campus pastor, and so it kind of groups grew, all our vision grew, and yeah, and so I've been able to focus in on that, and it's been a it's been a fun journey. That's cool. That's cool. So um, I wanted to reach out to you because I just had this idea of uh, it's kind of spurred from a lot of the conversation going on on the Facebook group, like what is uh, the future of the church and where does online communities kind of uh, land within that, and it seems like. Um, it's a little bit of a hot button topic where people say that there's some, <laughs> some value, but uh, let's not put too much stock in it. And I think it's kind of a spectrum of what people think. But I wanted to say, my, my question was, is when is online community just going to be community? Like, what, you know, um, in the same way that uh, we saw that happen with social media, as people kind of saw it kind of niche and, and people who use um, like LiveJournal and the MySpace were, were very yeah. few and far between of those who decided to share about their life online and now that's completely normal, right? Like post a picture yeah. of your kids, you're posting it for, for, I mean, you're taking a picture for your online friends and family and community. So when is that going to happen to to a church community? When is online just going to kind of be just completely normal? I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and there's stages of this, obviously, with, you know, you think about the internet, like Web 1.0 was just kind of a static static websites with information and nobody would have said in the eighties that that was community. Um, and so, or that, that was biblical because there was just, it was really just a way to, to kind of get stuff out there. But when you had things like a web forum started to pop up, you had, um, 
you had stuff like uh, really the full version of this of Web 2.0 was, you know, Facebook and MySpace and all these different things where it's like, wow, like I'm able to message with people um, and I'm able to connect and there's some kind of relationship. There's some kind of connection happening. Um, and now the question really is, is when does this become more seamless where there mm-hmm. isn't this stop and end, you know, still, you know, um, you know, the joke is always like with our phones, you know, the, the idea is like when when does you know, when do we come, when do we become cyborgs, you know, kind of the, the idea. And it's like our, really our phones are always with us. You know, we started recording and my, my watch started to buzz because somebody was Facebook messaging me and it's just seamless. And I thought I had already turned off, but it's like, no, I'm fully integrated, Yeah. but there's still, there's still this disconnect because I still have to look or do something. And I think the question is, at what point does that become not necessarily it's blurred right now but there's still this blur and when is that blur removed and i you know i i think there's you can look at it that it's it's never going to happen or mm. it's 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 going to happen and and i i i probably become a little bit more skeptical that you know like we this technology is going to evolve constantly at this rate you know this is mm. like moore's law where right every you know the you know, technology is going to double in its capacity every two years. And that's already slowed down in the last couple of years. And so I, I don't, in, in a way, I definitely, see, I hold this tension between the ultimate value is face to face. And then that doesn't mean things that happen online aren't, aren't valuable and aren't impactful and don't have an expression because they do. And I, I really, I really don't want to go away from moving people ultimately into physical community. And cause right. I still think that there's something different between you and I doing a Skype call versus you and I getting coffee versus you and I having uh, a text message conversation. And, and I think that's, yeah, I think there's a spectrum there. So in a way, I don't know if we're ever going to move into a place where digital is this fully integrated thing. I think there always will be, differences um but this is where the tension is when we're talking about the future it's really hard it would be really hard for me in like the 80s to go hey we're gonna be able to have some form of community online i would have been like no way and now i'm like no that's totally possible between facebook groups and all these things it's like there's an expression there so it's it's hard for me to forecast out and so i would say at this current way i would say no i don't think it will be ever like fully like people could fully live online uh, kind of idea or like have this expression. I think there's a difference. Um, but who knows the, the, who knows what that will look like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of ways to look at it and there's some really good points. I, I'm even a couple of years ago, there were like probably marketing ads and emails from web developers that like 92% of people find out about your church through your website, you know, and it's like, so yeah. make sure you have a good website, you know, which is like now, I mean, yeah, of course, like where else are you going to go to find out information? You know, maybe you know, maybe online campus is like maybe it, maybe it turns into you know half of the people who come on campus have already been on been to your church by visiting the online campus. Yeah. You know, and just to get a they want to to kind of test out not just the church but test out the community by being a part of the community in more of a more of an easier way, more of an easier on ramp. Um, do you see online community as kind of like uh, kind of an overused term, but like one of the doors and one of the front doors into the church is online community. Yeah, you know, so for I would probably say ninety nine percent of churches in the world, it's it's going to be the the largest front door of your of your church. Um, it's a way for people to safely experience what you're about, 
Um, and I use that word safely for all sorts of reasons. It could be because, um, you know, maybe they're um, part of another faith and they can't just go to that church. And mm-hmm. and that and that could be anything from, um, you know, extreme faiths to just, you know, they might not even, it might be weird for them to leave their faith that they grew up with. Um, and um, and online is this huge portal that where they could just kind of see what you're about and then ask questions. And so that's something we've started to, we started to have this conversation for, you know, for tens of thousands of people, our online campus is the first and only expression of our church. And so sure. we need to do it right. And, um, and, and really we are moving in, not that we're already, we're moving in, we're already there where, you know, people aren't familiar with what happens inside your church. You know, like, like even the process of like the songs you, you, we sing about blood and atonement, mm-hmm. you know, you're just like, what what's going on there now if they were raised in a christian home these are going to be very powerful words of deep meanings that we know but to your friend who wasn't raised in a christian home which is very clear that's becoming the norm now specifically Mm -hmm. in america that it's like well how do they know like when you say offering are you literally offering something like is there a sacrifice like what's going on like like what's happening here and in a way we are starting to have these conversations of, hey, in your evangelism, instead of them going from relationship to attending a church service and being dressed and w- waking up early and, and being somewhere Sunday morning, hey, what if what if you talk to them, send them a link to our service so they can see what we're about, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then and then they can experience this. This is kind of the idea is that if you ever travel and you're like, you just want to feel better about the trip, you might go on Google Street View and like. Oh, okay, this is where everything is at. Or like, right. I do this all the time. Like before I go somewhere, I always, like something that makes me feel comfortable is no matter where I'm at, it could be somewhere in the United States or somewhere internationally. I try to find the closest coffee shop to my hotel. <laughs> yeah. Cause, cause if I know, Oh, there's a coffee shop nearby. I know. Okay. I, I know where to get coffee in the morning and that starts to make me feel comfortable. And the same thing, like with our, with unchurched people that we're trying to reach um, you know, they need to know what's going on. And online is this huge way, both organically and 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 really evangelistically, people, your members can use to kind of see what, what we're about. Because again, people are not just walking by your church and showing up the next day. Like, right. that's just not, this isn't like, this isn't like, you know, like I always think about in the Wild Wild West, like movies and stuff where like they were establishing the railroad and like they would put down tracks, they would put like the saloon and they would put all these different things and they would have a church and they would put a cross and people would show up. Yeah. Like, that's not yeah. happening anymore. Like people just don't know what we believe in online is this way that we can kind of allow people to experience us. But we're also and we're still leading them back to something um, in your building long term. Right. No, that's great. It's kind of like the next evolution of uh, of a website or, or, or shareable content. Right. So like the, the, the saying that that content is king and people are looking for content that kind of used to be a thing. But now, uh, because of social media, we're really learning that maybe connection is king. But, you know, you can't offer a connection with like a really great video of your Easter event or your fall fest, you know. Yeah. They can share it and they can see what people look like, but they can't, they're not going to get connection. But if you could, so how do you offer shareable connection if people don't, aren't going to come on campus yet? Maybe there's the online community, right? There's online services yeah. and people are going to engage you and ask you questions and you can ask questions and it's it's easy and it becomes a kind of easy way to see what kind of connection and what kind of community this church is offering without taking the step of coming on campus. That, yeah, that's really yeah. Cool. And, 
And and it's it's and again, I think with anything, even like with video, there's things that are easier and 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 harder to do. So like a text promotion is is easy. Uh, um, a photo quality has to go up because people expect more. And then video quality has to be super high. Yeah. And some and and the more you do this, the more you're figuring out like, oh wow, like okay, we're streaming this on Facebook, but our our lighting on our stage is is terrible or the quality of the audio is terrible and all these things um are making it are, are things we have to think about because this communicates uh who we value you know i i can you know the the joke is like i could go to your website and i could tell you probably who your target is mm-hmm. based off of how you host it like if you host your website on godaddy or you have a godaddy website right. that probably tells me that you probably have an older audience right um uh, uh, the same thing with like design and all this, and this is one of the hard hard things with the internet overall. Is like everything is, you know, awesome. Like every the user experience, you know, th- there's this line, you know, um, there's a somebody I follow that talks about this this idea of like expectation of user is perfection. It's like here's the perfect hmm. user experience, and there's this like graph, and we're getting closer where we expect more and more. Yeah. So it's like I hear stuff like. Hey, like, why does your stream not work? Like, my video works on YouTube, and we're like, well, we're not YouTube, first off. Yeah, uh, we don't have those resources. Right. Um, and and I think in this, when we're talking about online community, it's you have to have a killer experience, mm. and I, I would, you have to really make sure that quality of the branding, all this thing, like, you know, like the same way if, if you're streaming in your service on Facebook and you're in like an auditorium at a school, and it looks very like dreadful, like right. like and meaning lighting wise. That's not a very compelling thing to show up for. True. So at the same level, like we can do all these cool things. You also have to be super thoughtful, and in and how you do it. And so maybe you shouldn't do something because maybe you don't know how to do it well, mm-hmm. um, and you need to ask questions. So I think in a way, like we can reach more people and do so many things, and it's so easy to start up new initiatives with online tools. But also, I think unfortunately, because it's easy and there's less friction, it also sometimes we rush that and we're not necessarily thinking about the consequences of it as well because, um, cause yeah, cause like it's, we still need to have creative conversations yeah. around how we, how, how are we representing ourselves online? Yeah. Um, I mean, it yeah. is, it is getting harder and the gap is getting pretty wide about how to do it well. We were at my church, we're trying to redo some of the social media branding and Instagram, and I'm looking at some church, and there was this killer, like, men's retreat promo vertical story video that was, like, black oh, and yeah. white and drone <laughs> shots, and it was men, they're, like, it was, like, they were mud, they are doing, like, a tough mudder, and, and it was, like, my um, my web guy said, man, that is next level, and it was, it was yeah. a straight up next level, especially for the fact that this thing will be gone in, like, 24 hours, you know? I know. And I know. it was, like, that's pretty hard to maintain. And so then you have churches who are maybe that are listening to this or they've heard some podcasts and like, I have, I have zero online community. I don't even know exactly what you guys are talking about when you say online community and yeah. online campus. So then it's like they want to do something uh, to, to get there and they want to start something. And the social media you know, can be and used to be, dude, just experiment and see how it goes. It's getting a little bit less of that. Uh, you know, I have a friend who, who wants to start a podcast, and I go, well, let's plan a meeting to talk about it. And he goes, are we, are we going to record one in that meeting? I'm like, no, man, we need like four meetings. We yeah, got to yeah. get a website. We got to get branding. We got to get like a schedule. <laughs> like uh, we can record one, and it won't see the light of day for another like two months, and it'll be out of date by then, you know? So my question to you is, 
is if if um, if the internet and social media is a little bit less receptive to kind of this basic experimental effort, how can a church take the first step to establishing an online community or, or, or starting some kind of online campus that isn't just a total joke and people won't be turned off by yeah. it? Yeah. And and again, I think churches at different sizes are allowed are allowed the ability to try different things. I think it's one thing if, if you're a church under 150, you could you could do all sorts of stuff. Sure. Um, cause you, your community understands that you, you're starting out this, but once you get to like 500 and then you get to a, like a thousand, you might not be able to get away with the same things. And you could try something for a season. You just can't get stuck in that season. Mm, okay. And I, and I think that's really important. So it's one thing to kind of, you know, try out a stream and, you know, maybe it's like, and you set it up, you know, people, first off, scarcity in like like a private beta people love to be part of that so you might even like you might go hey guys we're going to be streaming our services on sunday we would love for you to check it out and give us feedback yeah. you know that's that's you set it up as like hey this might suck you know yeah. what i mean just fyi you know what i mean um but if that's the thing you just default to this is the way we do it long term that's where you start to turn off people because even the new the new person might go Oh wow, this lighting is terrible, but like this is kind of cool. They're trying this, and they kind of hinted at it. Mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. different from like that's this is the this is the standard way we do it, mm-hmm. and and I, and I think that's the culture of beta online is really real. People people love to be part of new things online, especially when they know it's like I you know I, I always think about this. There's a couple people online that I've I follow, um, you know maybe YouTube channels or. Um, you know, kind of uh, companies. Yeah. So like Zoom is one of these great examples where like it's a video conferencing tool. I was on it very early on um, when it wasn't as polished as it is now. And I have like loyalty to Zoom now because now they're like a big company. They're publicly traded on the stock market. And I love that because like early on when they were rolling it out, it was like not the greatest experience, but now it's this polished product. And I Mm -hmm. love that I was in on the ground floor. Uh, Netflix was another example. I I was using Netflix very early on. Um, yeah, and DVDs, and I, DVDs. Yeah, DVDs. And before that, I was on the first one of the first betas of their streaming. And mm-hmm. um, I remember people started telling me, "Have you heard about Netflix?" I'm like, "Yeah, I've heard. Of it. I've been using Netflix for a while. How did you hear?" And it's like now it's like now I never have issues with Netflix. But like it's <laughs> like I have this loyalty. And the same thing with your church as you're trying stuff on, like make it like a beta. And, and just kind of try it out. So I don't think that should scare you just because the internet is awesome and the level of experience is super high. You could try stuff out, but you got to create that culture that this is an experiment and people right. will want to be part of it. And you got to be really honest that, hey, we're making this better. And I think one of the easiest ways is to set it up as a beta and then ask for feedback. Be very right. honest about like, let us know how it's going. On. I was just, I was sharing a little bit before this that we're launching something new and I made it out like a big announcement and I, I positioned it like a beta and I said, I need your feedback. And, mm-hmm. um, and honestly, that's one of the best ways to use, um, because it's digital and it's not in print. I can constantly like a software update. I can constantly make it better. And all these things from your website, from social media, like you can, it, there's always an upgrade and you can always release it and you don't have to wait. And, I think that's a big part of this culture. And so I think just position it that way and then you can just evolve. And that's how we've been with our online community at our church is 
trust me, the things I'm doing now were not the things I was doing eight, nine years ago. It's, it's, it's right. Yeah. It's completely different. You have to, I mean, you, uh, the only way that you're going to kind of improve and get better at anything, uh, even online, like let's say you want an online campus and you want it to go well, online service, it's, you're going to have to do it for a while and try it, you know, and go, are we going to be able to, you know, transition that to Facebook Live? Are we going to be able to, you know, uh, is the music going to sound really well? And then when we transition to the pastor speaking, like, are those going to be at the same levels on our stream? And like, I don't know. I mean, you're, you might have to try it for a couple of weeks, you know, Yeah. but let people know that you're, you're trying this and, and it will improve and, and people need it to, if it's, if it's uh, going to really work for them. Well, one of the hardest tensions and, and we've experienced it as a church and and, I, and I, we, we have started to figure it out, is that a lot of times churches, you are staffed, budgeted, and resourced to handle all these things, you know, the hundred to a thousand people that show up every week at your physical campus. And the idea is that we want to not let them down when they show up here. Well, the tension with online is now you might have hundreds and thousands of people visiting these online expressions, but you don't necessarily, you're not staffed that way or even volunteer structured to support this thing. And so- mm-hmm you're going to have triple the amount of people see you online, but you don't have the same amount of focus. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and I think that's a tension of like, oh, wow, like we might only have one person even thinking about what we put on Facebook and on our website right. and handling that stream. But like you might have 10 volunteers helping you do lighting and greeters and all this in the, the, the worship center or at your school, however your church is set up. And I think it's that tension that I think will become more seamless long term. People will go, oh, wow, like, you know what? Positioning two greeters at the front of our, our at, of our church that we welcome people is just as, as important as having two people thinking about how our Facebook stream and, is mm-hmm. going. And I, and I think that staff wise is going to change long term. But, you know, again, it's 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 just a different mindset of, of thinking about doing church. It's like, oh, right. wow, like. We got to make sure that contact button on our website and the inst- the messaging um, platform on our Facebook page. We got to make sure people are following up the same way you might have a secretary or a receptionist answering questions, mon- you know, Monday yeah. nine through five. I mean, again, these are shifts that have already happened, and I think most people are trying to still navigate that. Yeah, I, I tell pastors all the time who are trying to work on an online community is like, hey, you know, the first step is you should be making sure that all your comments are being responded to. And like, oh, I think they are. And sure enough, there's one in there like, oh, the service was great. I loved it. Thanks for, for preaching about this. And it's like crickets, like nobody yeah, said yeah. anything. You wouldn't yeah. do that. You, if someone came up to you after your sermon, that was really good. You wouldn't just stare at them. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I got a, a quick question. Um, you know, thinking about community, thinking about the way people kind of want to be engaged on a regular basis. You know, what do you guys do or, or what are your thoughts on the way you connect people outside of streaming a service and, quote unquote, attending an lo- online campus? How does that community um, connect with these individuals daily or, or weekly uh, in an online format? Yeah. So, I, you know, and again, I, I think for most churches, there's really kind of two mindsets here. There's one where your online community is an extension of your local church. And so the idea is that you're going to have ways for people to engage that ultimately lead back to your local church experience. Um, And so, yeah, you might have a Facebook group, you might have type uh, live events and things where you engage people, but ultimately at the end of this funnel is we want them to show up physically. 
And so, yes, online is this expression. It kind of amplifies, but ultimately it brings them back where you're still, there's a touch point um, in person. And, and, and I really think online is this kind of outer rim of, and you kind of have local church in, in the middle. And yes, the local pastor can engage people Monday through Saturday very actively if they're using a Facebook group, an Instagram type of um, account and all these different things. Now, in our case, we kind of have this um, very unique experience because we don't just have people locally that are engaging with us, but we have people from a far away that are engaging with us. Right. And so we might bring them back to a local church experience or one of our campuses. Um, that's still part of our strategy. And, w- and we even plug people into local churches all around the world every week. But what's left over in our case is that we have this kind of remnant where it's like, these are people that are not near one of our campuses. They don't have a local church that they could go to just down the street. And they're watching every week online and they're hosting a group either via online or in their home. And with those people, we've taken this approach of decentralizing church as much as possible. And so they're watching online and really the primary way that we do it is um, by providing training um, and having like a an LMS or a learning management software where we can train them very seamlessly on different principles they need to leave uh, live out, and then having kind of uh, individual conversations via email and texting. But our Facebook group, honestly, uh, most recently has been one of the most primary ways we kind of spur on community. Now there are smaller conversations happening on different platforms, um, like so. We have a lot. I kind of call it where even in a church, your primary way that you might facilitate connections would might be your patio experience. So the idea Mm -hmm. is they come out of your church and there's some kind of forum or way for people to connect with other people. So the unconnected people get connected. But if you're connected already to your church, you might show up to your church, serve and leave because guess what? You might have the five to 10 people that you're going to meet with during your week, you're already engaged. And so for us, that is our small groups where they're already engaged. They might have their own Facebook group. They might have their own text thread where they're already engaged. But how do we facilitate the other type of conversations? And that's where for us right now, a Facebook group has been one of the primary ways. We have some other things we try. We we have a, a live event forum where we have chat that happens and we do monthly live events. But I would say, you know, Facebook group still is one of the primary ways that we kind of facilitate that. And that means us engaging there, us doing live streams in there. That's right. us, um, you know, people posting prayer requests and engage, uh, doing all sorts of things. But it's kind of like a, it's kind of like that, that patio uh, experience where people are just bumping into each other and having conversations. And um, I think that's something we're always trying to problem solve. How do we have how do we as staff get away of having to be the bottleneck? Because if somebody says, hey, I'm watching from Alaska, now I got to go look through our database and find out somebody and connect them and, and that's got to work. But like a Facebook group for us most recently has been the best way to kind of people can say, hey, I'm in Alaska. Is anybody here? And they connect and right. that's organic. So a patio for a local church is is that for us, it's, it's a Facebook group at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm always kind of um, recommending and pushing Facebook groups as a way for 
um, people and churches to connect. And even in my own church context, you know, where I was working with the, the children's director, like, you know, it's a really good way to connect with my leaders and maybe give them some training and maybe say at the last minute say, um, hey, you know, we need an extra bag of ice for VBS. Can anyone bring it? She's like, is that text or is that is that our church database <laughs> software? And I'm like, that kind of sounds like a Facebook group, yeah. right? Because don't you want that notification to happen on someone's phone? And don't you want them to see a thread quickly like, oh, I'll bring the ice. Okay, good. And then everyone knows who's bringing the ice instead of like six people on text who can't respond back. You know, the, the, you know, the, the Facebook groups make sense in so many contexts that I'm surprised churches aren't, aren't using it. Yeah, and, and I, it's the, the hard part is, is that one of our tensions that we're always trying to figure out is the struggle with a Facebook group is um, you have very little control over what it is because Facebook controls that algorithm and kind of what that looks like. Um, and if anything, Facebook has proven is that they are willing to change things up. Um, they're, they're willing to make you unhappy um, for the future goals of their organization. And so I think for yeah. us, it's like Facebook groups really make sense and have made sense over the last two years for us. But we also know long term that might not make sense for um, it, it's not the thing that that we will rely off of permanently. We're always sure. looking for something new um, and for sure. You know, there's been a little bit of a movement where people are moving away from Facebook. It isn't in masses, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, there's not something else. Um, and so, like, Instagram, even though they are owned by Facebook, that might be a younger audience, but there's nothing on Instagram like a Facebook group. Um, right. And not it's, yet. Yeah, not yet. And um, and there's no, no nothing else. Like, Snapchat isn't that. There isn't Twitter right. isn't that. doesn't have a group. You know, and so I, I think it's – We've looked at some private, there's some softwares that, not software, but like services that exist that we've kind of looked at. And so what if we created our own private kind of group experience on our website? You know, right. there's pros and cons to that. Pros are controlling it. The cons is you have to get people to be on it. Um, mm -hmm. um, and churches churches and ministries have tried this in the past and it didn't work. Um right. But I, I think privacy for sure moving forward will be an important thing that we think about. You know, people will not want to be on Facebook, um, you know, maybe in five years. And so we have to have an exit plan as well. And I think mm -hmm. uh, that's something I think about constantly. Yeah. And, and something that, that we can't overlook as, as ministry leaders is uh, getting people engaged. You know, it's a big barrier. People, when they have to sign up for a new service and get a new username and email yeah. and password and it's kind of a, it, it kind of can become a hurdle that people say that they'll do and they, and they, you know, a lot of people have, we could really joke around about it, but a lot of people have like 12,000 unread emails in I their know. email, you know, and they're like, yeah, hey, I never got that uh, reset password email. And it's like, you know, that's, that's, there's barriers of communication that are real and that yeah. people have struggles to overcome. And, and right now something like, you know, 80% of Americans have a Facebook account and, it, and it's on their phone already. And it's like, you know, let's, if we want to build community, we have, we have to take those barriers seriously and, and find right now the best ways to do that using the platforms available to us. And if people are there and they're willing to engage in that, then let's kind of leverage that while we can. The ironic thing is, is that now I'm having to convince all of my you know, Gen Z and young millennials to get a Facebook account yeah. so that they can be in the group and see the messages that are important to them. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's definitely... Uh... Yeah, I mean, and and that's the thing. Everything you're doing has different goals. And so for like, in, in our case, like, 
you know, the funny thing is, is that if, if I want to get a message out, like if I really want everybody to know it, email still is my primary tool. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like if, if I want to alert, and the reason is, is because I know if I send that email, it will be in your inbox. Now you could choose not to listen to it and, and ignore it. Um, but I know I could get so many people to open it. Now with our, my Facebook group, I can't control out of the percentage of how many people are in my group will see it. Facebook right. controls that. And I right. think that's the tension of, of, of this conversation. But ultimately, Facebook groups, it's, it's the connection tools and it's the digitizing of context that makes that such a seamless and easy thing because Facebook right. adds tons of value for other reasons. And so um, that's, that's what Facebook is dominant at. Now, if, if, they, if that changes and something else exists – you know, but it's going to have to be a platform. It would have to be like, it'd be have to like Apple. Apple creates a community. And the reason why you're on that community is because you have an Apple device. Right. Um, you know, um, it's like, the, and, and, and I think nothing of like that exists yet. And honestly, I don't think that that's going to pop up here in the next three years. So I think Facebook groups aren't going anywhere. But right. I, I think that there's an opportunity anytime. It's the same thing I said about Zoom. The reason why Zoom exists is because, uh, Microsoft did not manage Skype well. And so ultimately, like, there was an opportunity for, uh, you know, somebody entrepreneurial to create a better product. And so the same thing, like, Facebook is is adding tons of value. But I I also think that there is an opportunity. I think the mode is really big. So it's really hard to get into that space. But I I still think that there's something there that somebody could come along. Um, It's going to be hard because Facebook's already, like, made the money and has created, you know, they've... um, now, now they're really big on privacy, and so now it's like the next person has to be low on privacy, which means they will make less money, and I think that's hard. And so that's that's the moat that exists that's going to be interesting. But yeah, yeah. One well, one thing that we've learned through this process of social media uh, companies and Facebook is that churches kind of have to take notice, and uh, you know if you if you kind of ignore. Uh, how cultures are using communication tools, uh, that gap will get wide. And if it gets too wide, then it can become um, pretty difficult to jump in. That doesn't mean you jump into every new platform, that every new thing that someone creates, but you just have to yeah. be conscious and aware. And, and church is um, uh, a combination of, of Christ's kingdom and, and, and reaching the culture that it exists in in that moment. And so churches really have to take account of, of, of what its people are, are doing and using and, and consider uh, ways that they can leverage those things. Let me uh, let me ask you a question uh, that I like to ask all my guests: Is uh, where do you see the future of the church happening right now? Who or what is is, is really kind of to you an indicator of, of the direction that that churches might go? Yeah, I, I think you know. I think for me personally, I, I don't think that there is a model that exists yet. But one of them that I I feel like we all should be paying attention to is what uh, Church Home has been doing. Right. Um, and mainly for the aspect of this, that they have created a app that is the central touch point for people to integrate and kind of communicate with their church. And they're decentralizing their church um, very intentionally. Now, you know, they're pretty vocal that they, you know, they've already gone through, you know, a second revision of what that is. Um but I think that's a model that I think our churches really should be paying attention to because there's this idea right now that most pastors come out of seminary and church planting type of initiatives 
and the idea is get people in a room and, and tell them something. Mm-hmm. And what this app is has done, and it's much more than an app, but I, I think the idea is that, hey, to kind of get trained, resourced, all of these different things, you don't need to come here. The app could be the, the touch point, and it's, 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 it's a hub. And I think for churches, um, I think that's a model that's really compelling. Now, the tension with that model is you have to be you have to know the scope of what you're expecting from an attender of your church. You have to actually you have, actually have to know your 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 strategy. And so it's it's it takes more work up front and you have to be more intentional because ultimately the you know I, I think the it's it's a benefit and a luxury to say hey come here every week and we're going to tell you because you have enough you have a bunch of time to kind of change it up but once you put right. something into video it's it's permanent and you can't change it and mm-hmm. and i think this is the struggle with have building the same thing with and, and you know this building things online is that to build something online it takes it takes 6 months to a year to launch something and so that means you have to you have to plan and you have to tell a developer to do something and and that's hard. That, that takes a lot of wireframing and scheming and and, and and revisions and um you know it's the difference from scripting something to just like speaking off the top of your head. Um right. you have to be more exact and I think churches benefit from having things live because you can just kind of talk about it without scripting. Um, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. doing things online or having like a central app hub, you have to really be very strategic, and you have you have to be uh, you have to pre-plan everything. And right. and I, I think that model is compelling because I do think there's something about a future where everything you do as a church isn't dependent on your building, but it's dependent on this decentralized tool where people mm-hmm. can do church everywhere and anywhere. It's kind of like it's like the uh, the Jay Z. Um, album of church in the wild type of thing that it's like mm-hmm. I, I i think that concept i'm not saying that church home is is the thing or it's the thing that's going to you know revolutionize everything but i think there's something to that that why is our why why is our why our church is so dependent on everybody coming in person where what if they were to start something in their home and yes mm-hmm. you the pastor might you might as a pastor might visit all these homes but instead of having to have a building that costs millions of dollars what if the future is you can have a centralized team where you build and work on this this hub app or web experience and the idea is you have homes all you have thousands of homes around the world that are doing church and you and you visit them i think there's something there that i think that gets me really excited, and yeah. I, you know, yeah. So I, I think that's what my I've been paying attention to. Yeah, I'm so glad that that you said that. Um, man, that's just so, um, that's so true. So if if you're listening and you don't know what Church Home is, it it is a physical church that exists uh, in yeah. the Pacific Northwest, and they have an app called Church Home Global, where they they essentially consider if you have the app and you engaged in it, then then this is this is this is the church experience, and it's kind of funny. I, I predicted this like three or four years ago that that someday. When someone asks what church you go to, you'll pull out your phone, and you'll show the church app. Not not necessarily in the same way that you might show a church's app, so they could see what the address is. But you'll say, "This is this is the church I attend, and this is how I attend it." And that's exactly what Church Home Global is doing. Is that when you download the app, 
you take a picture, you get a profile, you get a name, and then it says, hey, hey, there's a service starting in tonight, yeah. and, and you attend on the on the app. And then it says, thanks for coming. The conversation's going on over in this spot in the app. And you click that push notification, and you're jumped into a conversation with a bunch of people talking about what was going on in the, yeah. in the thing. And, and you can join women's groups on the app. They're all hosted on the app, men's groups, you know. And and uh, I, I really think that that is kind of where we're headed, you know, and, and it is it is a little bit concerning. Some of the things we talked about at the beginning of the podcast is that, you know, where is the um, the physical meetup opportunities and the face-to-face, um, but we really have to reevaluate what it means to attend church and what it means to connect with someone and what it means to experience community, what it means to love on someone. Th- those things are going to become more enmeshed um, and less easy to define, but we'll still have to define how we do that. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and, and I'll just say like part of their experience that they, it's part of it, but they're still figuring it out is that, that I think is like the the second version of this is, is jumping on, on, on that app and seeing where's the locust, the, the, the most nearby, uh, in-person gathering part of this that I can join. And so, and, 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 and I think churches are going to be, I think there's a future here where churches aren't as dependent on these large gatherings, but smaller expressions. And so right. the idea is that I think there's an offline expression of what they're doing that they are still trying to you know, walk through. And that's the part that both I'm doing intentionally with my community trying to figure out. And I think a lot sure. of churches are going and, and I, out of this, I feel like what's going to happen is there's going to be people coming out of schools that are going to be able to launch churches with very minimal resources they're not going to need to lease a building they're up front they're they're going to be able to start in homes and multiple homes and um, right and i i think we're going to actually be able to plant more things now but it's going to take somebody that's more of a digital native and gets that because there's some challenges there too that you have to figure because because there's no friction and it's so easy that somebody could engage online solely and they might think that that's okay where you're trying to ultimately lead them to something offline. And I think those are some of the pros and cons, you know, there's stuff that we'll need to figure out. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right. There's stuff that we're going to have to figure out as culture moves forward and churches moves forward as well. Uh, Jay, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a lot of fun. I could talk about this longer. It's been the longest episode so far and we could keep going. (laughs) Uh, It's been a blast. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for, for allowing us to, uh, to learn a little bit from you. Where can people um, follow you and find out more about what you're doing? Yeah, uh, you can, uh, I have a, a blog, jcranda.com. Um, yeah, so I, it's definitely where I'm always sharing um, all my my thoughts of, of this of this different stuff. I, I do have a free uh, video course that about how to launch an online ministry at your church. And so I, I have a bunch of stuff there. Um, and so, and that's also if somebody had a question about something we're doing, you, they can get in contact with me. Awesome. Well, thanks again for being on the show. I really appreciate our time.